It's Casey on the radio, the health and happiness show brought to you by Hudson Valley Hospital Center, a better place to get better. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for joining us for a little health and happiness. Today, we'll talk about the energy that could be stuck in your body with Bradley Nelson, who wrote The Emotion Code. But first, I must start with a great big thank you to all the ladies who came out for our Spring Forward Luncheon at Shine on Reiki last Sunday. It was another delightful day of sharing and singing and letting go of some of the stuff that no longer serves so we can embrace this spring at our very best. And we had a surprise guest on Sunday, the delightful violinist Daisy Jopling. She has a concert coming April 1st to Winery at St. George in Mohegan Lake. And guess what? She's going to stop by this morning, too. First, let's move your energy. Dr. Bradley Nelson wrote The Emotion Code. He's a chiropractor and speaker who practices energy psychology, which is a fairly new field, yes? Yes, it is. It's, uh, it's the science of understanding how our emotions are energy and how they affect us physically and emotionally and mentally. Tell me more. Do emotions get trapped in our body and cause disease? Is it that simple? Well, they do. And to understand how this works, uh, it helps to think that to understand that the human body is really just nothing but an energy field. I mean, if you look at your hand, it looks pretty solid. But if you magnify it a million times, you're looking face to face with a single individual atom. And there's nothing inside the atom but just empty space and energy. And really, that's what we are. Well, we know that we can measure thoughts electronically and we can uh, measure emotions as well. And when you're feeling an intense emotion, what you're really feeling is a certain frequency of energy because every Everything is energy. So anger is a different vibration than grief, and uh, every emotion is different. And when you're feeling an intense emotion, the energy of that emotion can be so powerful that when that event is over, part of that emotional energy can still be stuck inside of you. And we call this a trapped emotion. And a trapped emotion is literally a ball of energy from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a cantaloupe. And these are invisible. It took a long time for me to understand this because uh, you can't see these, but they have tremendous effects on us. And um, what I found is that 90% of all the pain, the physical pain that we experience, is actually due to our emotional baggage, you might call it. Okay, physical pain caused by emotional baggage. Absolutely. And not only physical pain, but also also self-sabotage, depression, anxiety, phobias, panic attacks, PTSD, eating disorders. The diseases that we suffer from, oftentimes, uh, well, uh, pretty much always in my experience in 25 years of, of using this work, all the diseases that we suffer from have emotional components. And sometimes the emotional component, the emotional reason for the disease is the biggest underlying cause of the disease. In fact, let me tell you a story. I had a patient that came to me when I was practicing many years ago in California. She was in her early 70s. And we found that she had a trapped emotion of sadness. Now, we use a method of muscle testing, uh, which is just a form of biofeedback that anybody can learn. It's really simple. To get information out of the subconscious mind. It's your subconscious mind where all the information is. In our conscious mind, um, you know, we forget our car in a parking lot. We forget our keys and things like that. But the subconscious never forgets anything. And I wanted to know when this had occurred, this sadness emotion. It went back 10, 20, 30, 40 years. It went back uh, on the testing. It showed that it had actually gotten stuck in her body, this emotion of sadness, in 1963. And I thought to myself, gee, I wonder if that was about JFK's assassination. And I tested her. And at at that very moment that I'm getting a strong answer from her outstretched arm, uh, that that was what it was, at that same moment she bursts into tears and she says, oh my gosh, yes, that affected me so deeply. And then she said, when his son, JFK Jr., died in a plane crash a few years ago, she said, it was like all of that came back again and all I could do for days was cry. 
And so I thought, okay, here's a trapped emotion that's really affected her. I want to see where this emotion has been. Because these trapped emotions, as hard as it is for us to understand, emotions are things. And when they become trapped in the body, they will always land in a certain place. They'll lodge in a certain area. It could be anywhere. And so I tested her to see where this emotion had, had lodged in her body all those years. And it wasn't on the right side of her body. It was on the left side of the body. And it was actually in the left breast. And when we arrived at that conclusion through the muscle testing and asking these questions, Suddenly, she and I both just looked at each other wide-eyed because four years before, she had had that breast removed because it was malignant, you see. So there's a whole world going on inside of us, a whole energy world. We all have emotional baggage, and getting rid of our emotional baggage can not only, I believe, save our lives and add years to our existence, but it can also completely change how we feel about our lives and how successful we are. Emotions are energy. Energy gets trapped inside us. That energy is modulating at a negative. I don't understand. uh, There's something about this trapped emotion that's not positive. Well, absolutely. I mean, think about it this way. Here, let me give you an example. Uh, Depending on where this emotional energy gets stuck in the body, it will tend to create symptoms in that area. And a perfect example of this is a man that came to me many years ago who had uh, really severe low back pain. And uh, we found that he had a trapped emotion of anger that had gotten stuck in his body from 20 years before. And we released that emotion, which literally just takes seconds, and suddenly the back pain was gone, pretty much completely gone. And he was amazed. It was kind of miraculous to him. And, and then he went home, and a couple of days later, he came back in to see me. And he said, Dr. Nelson, he said, you know, my back is fine. He said, that was really amazing. But he said, you know, there's something else I didn't tell you about. He said, I have had this anger problem. And he said, I've had a hair trigger temper for as long as I can remember. He said, I'm always yelling at my wife and my kids. I'm always just on edge, and anything can set me off. And he said, since you released that trapped emotion of anger, I don't feel angry anymore. I just feel kind of relaxed and peaceful. He said, how did you do that? How does that work? And at that time, many years ago, I remember saying to him, well, I really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Because at the time, I didn't understand. But think about this. This is an amazing thing. You see, the human body is nothing but an energy field. When you introduce into that human energy field a ball of negative emotion, literally a ball of energy that is resonating at a certain frequency, for example, anger is different from grief and that's different from frustration. They're all different. What happens is the energy field of your body that makes up your body now in a certain area is being distorted a little bit. It's being tweaked a little bit. It's being deformed a little bit by this this new energy, this negative emotion energy. And so eventually, if you distort the body's energy field long enough, you're really distorting ultimately the the tissues of the body. You're interfering with the flow of energy in the acupuncture system. You're interfering with chemical reactions, all kinds of things. And so typically, that's the underlying reason why these things cause physical pain. And I've seen this 25 years now, over and over and over. People in acute physical pain, we release some emotion, the pain's gone. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Well, there's another effect, though, and that is the emotional effect and mental effect. Because In this guy's case, for example, he had a ball of anger, literally a ball of anger in his low back. When we released it suddenly, he wasn't as angry anymore. Why? Well, before, when he had that ball, that that trapped emotion of anger in his low back, when a situation would arise where he might tend to feel angry, he would. He would slide right into that vibration. Why? Because literally part of his body was already feeling that emotion all the time. Isn't that weird? That's how this works. We are talking to Dr. Bradley Nelson, and we are talking about... Uh, the emotion code and removing emotional baggage that has clustered somewhere in our bodies. Uh, Can we get rid of this on our own? Absolutely, absolutely you can. Trapped emotion and post-traumatic stress disorder. I think of our military coming home. What can you say about that? Well, 
post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, is actually caused by emotional baggage, which makes sense if you think about it. When you experience some intense emotional event, what happens is the energy of those emotions becomes stuck in the body. And then it's the energy of those emotions that then disrupts your life and actually causes all those PTSD symptoms as time goes on. Releasing that emotional baggage is the way to get rid of the PTSD. And we've had really dramatic success stories with people who have just suffered so greatly, whose lives have just been turned right around just by getting rid of that baggage. And in most cases, um, it's, it's themselves. They're working on themselves or their wife or their husband's working on them and clearing that baggage. And that's the beauty of this is that uh, uh, you don't have to rely on the medical system. You can actually get rid of your own baggage. It's really easy. I just think, though, for some people, they, they should probably do it with a practitioner because it can be a little scary navigating the waters through some tough emotions, yes? Well, and that's why we have uh, a network of practitioners in 50 countries. One of the beautiful things about this, and if you're looking for a practitioner, you can go to healerslibrary.com and just click on the practitioner's button and you'll see a Google map of all these people all over the world. The beauty of this, though, see, is this is energy medicine. And energy medicine is definitely the future. The future is here now. And one of the great things about energy medicine is that um, you don't have to actually be there physically present. Uh, you can find a practitioner that can work with you, and they might be in Singapore or they might be in India. And it uh, doesn't make any difference at all. Okay. Works just the same, live or distance. And and some people might have a hard time digesting that. So how can you explain that? If you if you go to the ocean, and you're looking out at all these different islands, uh, they look separate. But if you were to drain the water out of the ocean, you'd see they're really all connected, right? Right. And that's how we are too. Um, quantum physics has been teaching us these concepts for a long, long time. But um, we are very conditioned, especially in the West. Uh, to believe that if we've got pain or if we've got some kind of a problem, that the best proven way to take care of that is to take some kind of a toxic chemical that's sold to us at a pharmacy. But the reality of it is that, um, that perception has been bought and paid for by the drug companies who want to make more money. Right. And so uh, we're all conditioned to believe that if it's not Western medicine, if it isn't drugs or if it isn't surgery, it can't possibly work. But um, believe me, uh, it's the 21st century and people are waking up and realizing that that's just not the case. I mean, drugs and surgery can be great if you really need them, but the reality of it is uh, most of the time that's not what we need. All right, Dr. Bradley Nelson, the guest and the emotion code is what we're talking about. Can you give our listeners a few things they could do right now this minute to help ease their emotional load? Ask yourself these questions to help you understand if you have emotional baggage. Are there events from your life that you can think about that can bring a tear to your eye? If so, there's emotional baggage attached to those events. If you've ever been bullied, if you've ever been through a divorce, if you've ever been through a difficult breakup, um, if you've ever felt... Uh, traumatized emotionally in any way. You have emotional baggage. And if you have difficulty, um, if you've had difficulty or you're, you're having difficulty finding love or really connecting, really finding your soulmate or really manifesting uh, the abundance or the creativity that you know is locked up inside of you, then you probably have a certain phenomenon going on that we explain in the emotion code, uh, code that's called um, a heart wall. Um, ancient societies understood the heart to be the seat of the soul and the source of our love and creativity and the seat, uh, the core of our being and everything else. And in the West, we've really never paid any attention to those ideas, but new technology now is revealing that the heart is really what the ancient, ancient peoples believed it to be, that uh, uh, they found uh, using a new device called the magnetocardiogram that the heart puts out an energy field that's 12 feet in diameter around your body. And when you're feeling love or affection for another person, your heartbeat will actually manifest in the brain waves of that person 
that you're focusing love or affection on. Think My heart that. waves will manifest in the brain oh. of the in other the person. In the magnetic brain waves of, yeah, of that person you're focusing love or affection on. Isn't that wild? Even if they're not around me? Uh, they've, well, they've proven this in the lab, and there's more research that's oh, ongoing. Okay. So, oh, but, um, so tell me what yeah. it looks like in the lab. There's a person feeling love in their heart, and there's someone else right. nearby experiencing love in their brain? Yeah, so far what they've done with this is they've actually hooked up uh, people to, uh, uh, one person's hooked up to a magnetocardiogram, which measures the magnetic field of the heart. The other person is hooked up to a magnetoencephalogram, measuring the magnetic field in their brain. And what they find is that uh, when one person is focusing love or affection on that other person, their heart rates will synchronize for one thing, and their heartbeat will become measurable in the brain waves, and it has, it has an influence on the brain waves of that other person. In other words, there's this communication going on between all of us all the time that we're just now beginning to discover and understand. And we have a long way to go. But what happens to us is when we feel like our heart is going to break. You ever felt that Yeah, feeling? sure. Okay. Most of us have felt that at one point or another in our lives. When you feel that, um, that's really an assault on the heart, which is really a second brain. It's the core of our being. And if that happens more than once or twice, your subconscious mind will start to put up a wall around your heart. And that wall is literally made from the energy of the negative emotional baggage that you have and so the subconscious mind will put up a wall and that wall is there to protect your heart from being totally broken and it's great uh, in the short term but the problem is in the long term it interferes with our ability to give and receive love it interferes with our ability to manifest the perfect creation that is inside of our heart and it tends to create problems like anxiety and depression and so on in fact the, the most seriously depressed persons that i've personally seen in the last quarter century have always had a heart wall. And I've seen people who literally had to decide every day uh, when they would wake up in the morning, they'd had to, they had to make a decision if they were going to live that day or die that day. That's how depressed they were, suicidally depressed. I've seen those people turn around in days by having this wall removed from their heart. I have also seen people who um, were able to, who suddenly would fall in love after many, many years of being alone. Um, I got an email recently from a woman in her 80s. She told me that she'd never had a happy moment in her entire life until her heart wall was removed. And now she can't stop smiling. Well, we wish you lots of smiles, too. Have your heart wall removed or your stuck energy released. Bradley Nelson uses magnets to do that. I use Reiki. You may just use your intentions. To get a free download from Bradley Nelson's book, The Emotion Code, visit emotioncodeoffer.com. More from Daisy Jopling on the way. It's Casey on the radio. The Health and Happiness Show. Brought to you by Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology in Mount Kisco. Visit thecenterforderm.com. We're with Dr. David Bank from the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Doctor, what's new with fillers? Can you explain what they are and how they work? Fillers are substances we inject into and under the skin to restore the volume that our face loses with time and sun damage. Okay, tell me more. We've had fillers available for years like collagen, Restylane, Juvederm, but we focus on filling the lines of the face, like the ones from the corner of the nose to the corner of the mouth, or the lines from the corner of the mouth towards the jaw. Now medical science has realized that these lines are causing significantly by loss of volume in the cheeks above. Now more than just filling the lines, we're adding filler to the cheeks above the lines. Does that make the face look puffy? No. If done correctly, it's subtle and looks completely natural. Patients often report that friends can't put their finger on it, but they say, you look great. We thank you, Dr. Bank. And where can we find out more information? They can go to thecenterforderm.com or call 914-241-3003 for a personal consult. 241-3003. Hi, I'm Avina. 
I'm seven years old and I'm blind. I love gymnastics, piano, public speaking, and riding on the trail bike with my dad. You can help me live the life I want. Help Ravina and other blind people by making a tax-deductible donation of your used car, truck, or almost anything with wheels to the National Federation of the Blind. Your donation will help ensure a brighter future for blind children and adults. Just call 855-659-9314. That's 855-659-9314. Or visit carshelpingtheblind.org. That's carshelpingtheblind.org. We will arrange to have the donated vehicle picked up and provide you with a tax-deductible receipt. And if you know someone who is blind that can use our help, email nfb at nfb.org. Blindness does not hold me back at all. Donate today. Hi, it's Casey. Daisy Jopling is a force here in the Hudson Valley. She is bright and beautiful. She is a blonde tornado that plays the violin with her heart and soul. And we were happy to have her visit us at Shine on Reiki for our ladies' lunch last Sunday. She was born in London. And now how many years have you been in the States, Daisy? Nine years. Can you believe it? It's incredible. (laughs) And what brought you here? I was in a group in Vienna and we decided to split up, so I was opening up my kind of ideas of what to do next. Really, in my mind, I thought, well, I'll probably go back to London and be with my family again. But I just got job offer after job offer from New York City. Mm. I just met so many musicians on my tours from there, and everybody said, just come for a while, just try it out. And finally, I felt like I couldn't say no. And now the Hudson Valley is your home. Yes. And you found a husband. Yes. (laughs) Surprise. Yeah, and I love living here. All right, tell everyone a little bit about what makes you you. You are a force of nature. You are always uh, positive and giving of yourself. How did that all come to be? I've always been really interested in the spiritual growth journey. And I have to say, I've met so many people on that same journey here. I really feel aligned with so many people living here. And so I've been really inspired my whole life to read, work on myself in all possible ways, and get to the point where I can, you know, more and more of every day access the inner joy inside each one of us. And um, I've got to the point where I do feel that a lot of the day. And it's, you know, we know it's in each one of us. So when you feel it inside yourself, I automatically see it Mm. in everybody I meet. I see the light. I see them as this beautiful human being, even if they don't see themselves in that way. Very good. So what is a typical day like in the life of Daisy Joplin? Right now, I've got this schedule where I try to do my organizing things in the morning, try to take some time off in the afternoon, and then if I don't have a concert, spend time creating my music and practicing in the kind of late afternoon from like 4 or 5 p.m. onwards into the evening. When I'm on tour, of course, it's different, and that's just a schedule of, you know, get up, travel, sound check, concert. Right. Um, you know, I'm going to China where we have six weeks of not one single day off, wow. either a travel day or a concert day for six whole weeks. Got 25 concerts. I've actually never done that long a tour before. So let's see what's, what that's going to be like. I've got an amazing band, so we'll really have fun together. We're already, we can feel we're already psyching up for it, you know. Um, we're talking about it and yeah. So everyone must go to Winery St. George April 1st to see you before you go to China. Absolutely. <laughs> Now, who was your musical influence? Why did you first pick up the violin? When I was really little, 
I was very close to one of my aunts. I still am. She's still alive. She's my godmother. She's called Louise. Louise Jopling was her maiden name. And she was a professional violinist. So at the age of three, my mother tells me that I didn't stop saying every day I want to learn the violin. You know, probably to be kind of like Aunt Louise. And finally, my mom gave me apparently a little tissue box with some, you know, rubber bands on it. Um, And then finally, a little tiny violin. So that's how it started. How would you describe your style? A mixture of rock, classical and world music. And where do you go when you're playing the violin? Like, I know you're there, but you seem to be two feet off the ground at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I am. I'm, you know, I let go of everything. Like, just before I play, well, not if I just get up and play spontaneously, but every time before I go on stage, I let go of everything and try to be as aligned as possible with our energy, our inner core, whatever you want to call it, our spirit. And nothing else is really real for me in that moment apart from the flow of the music uh, through me. And it's, it's beautiful because I know that at that moment when I'm really allowing that freedom inside myself, I'm just pure energy, I'm connecting with that part and everybody, so we're all taken to that place where there's no problems, you know. It's just freedom, it's just joy. That's Daisy Jopling. See her Sunday at Winery St. George in Mohegan Lake, April 1st. But right now, let yourself relax and enjoy this, a piece called Andante Asai from Daisy Jopling.
That's Daisy Joplin. Find her next Wednesday at Winery St. George. Find us here next Sunday or anytime at CaseyOnTheRadio.com. See you soon. You've been listening to Casey on the Radio. Hear more at CaseyOnTheRadio.com. The information shared on this show is intended for general information purposes only. You can contact Casey through the website, CaseyOnTheRadio.com.